Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 48 now, and this is Altai, joined by... Gumble. Matt. Shirelia. And we are one down this week. Uh, Remo, Omar, is uh, in the air somewhere over the Atlantic. He is on a transit flight back Man to... Down. Man down. So yeah, he'll be gone. He'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, we'll, be, we'll carry on the torch without him, so... What's up, guys? In the meantime, we're taking over the entire site for a week, and we're just gonna post nothing but hate for Omer. <laughs> we gotta keep gotta keep the tradition going. Gotta call everyone a loser. And but, I, am, uh, I am free anyways. to drink from the bottle while he's gone. Wow, so. I, did, I didn't know that was not allowed. <laughs> in the meantime, Go well, on. last week in the weekly raid, as we love to recount, we were talking about No Stalrius, which apparently I've never pronounced correctly, and I guess I don't plan to. And we were just looking for everyone's feelings. It seems most people are in agreement that Blizzard screwed up. Uh, of course, Blizzard was exercising their rights. Uh, just an update, rather than going into the comments, I think we kind of exhausted the discussion, and a lot of the stuff here is repeated, but uh, there, the petition did do quite well, and Mark Kern for those of you who know Mark Kern, has claimed he will personally deliver the change.org petition to bring back vanilla service to Blizzard. As if Mark change. Kern was needed <laughs> to bring a change.org petition in person <laughs> to Blizzard. Which I thought was a funny little tip. It looks like Mark Kern just really wants to put himself in the spotlight there. But, you know, maybe we'll get, at least get a comment from Blizzard. Some type of PR uh, response. But we shall see. So far, it's still radio silence. So, I don't know if anyone has any final thoughts on Nostalrius. <laughs> Alright, here's my well, final I thought. Gotta, I, How do you pronounce it? Does anyone actually know? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know. I thought I was pronouncing it correctly. Nos Nostralius? People were, were pretty upset. No, I don't know. It I'm sounds like nostalgia. Isn't it nostalgia combined with... Ah, yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. You think that's where they got it? That's what I, I always thought it was. Yeah, see, I'm just going to pronounce it nostalgia from now on. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like right. that. Maybe that's I like that. That's good. Uh, well, to go along with nostalgia, uh, which is really what this week's weekly raid is about, uh, back in the day, we didn't have all these fancy-smancy party finder systems in place. You had to actually work to, to get a party for your group to go raid dungeons. So I'm curious how people feel about the implementation of party finder systems because on the one hand party finders totally wrong that turn wrong. <laughs> well, is wrong. oh it is wrong that's okay it's okay <laughs> it was an original question the link is wrong doesn't matter it's the I way like she it. goes all right it's I what happens confused. when you switch, you switch mid question now. anyway so yeah the question was changed because you know, back in the day, you weren't able to find parties easily. Now, you just click a button, and you find a party almost instantly. And it kind of devalues the social experience. You're not forced to interact with people. They kind of are these dynamic NPCs that you just play the game with. At the same time, not everyone can commit an entire Saturday to forming a party to raid Wailing Cavern. So it's a balancing act. So I'm curious how people feel about, you know, this kind of streamlined party system that we see in MMORPGs. All right. Any thoughts? Well, okay. see, I, I, I hate talking to random people on MMOs because they're <laughs> almost always hostile about everything. But I also hate when people don't talk when you get in a party finder thing. Like, you could be partied with anyone, and this guy could just sit there and 
like, do basically nothing the whole time because what do they have to lose letting you carry them, basically? So it's like... I don't know. It's, it's, it goes back and forth. I, I think that by not having a party finder system and having to talk to people, you have to actively find people that actually want to do the content, which is, you know, a positive thing. But also, like you said, it takes way too much time, and, like, that's assuming that you can find these people in the first place. Right. Because like, a lot of games didn't have world chat or anything like that back when party finders weren't a big thing. So they also didn't have an easy way to find the people. Do you remember forming parties, too? And you would have four people, or say so you had three people, and one guy would just dip because he found another party that was four out of five. Yeah. Raid, and now you're <laughs> stuck trying to form a party all over again. Oh, that's man. No, that's all the time. See, my best er, memory of, like, finding parties was at the end of the WoW open beta, I was in Barrens with my Tauren, and I joined a raid group, and we were going to do something, right? So there were, like, just, like, five under what we needed the whole time. We ran around for two hours, the entire group, like a stampede running around. Didn't find enough people the entire time. Two hours. All right, so that, that's that's a, that's a good segue to my uh, opinion on this matter. I think you all right for for like the four or five man group, like the regular dungeons. I think they're bad. They destroy not just social aspects, which I don't think is that big a deal, because you still kind of can talk to them once you're with them. But they destroy the sense of immersion in the world because they kind of fragment the world. Um, it, it makes you kind of feel like you're playing a game like Vindictus, like Vindictus instance instead of one persistent world. But mm -hmm. I am not against raid finders for like. 40, 50 people, because to bring it back to role-playing, if I'm going on an adventure with like a few friends, I have to go to the tavern and make those friends, right? But if I'm enlisting for some huge campaign with the king to go like overseas and fight with like a thousand people, then I'm just kind of putting my name on a list. So that's okay. Oh man, some uh, <laughs> next level reasoning right here. Right. Role-play. The one thing though is, wouldn't you just join a guild to do those 50-person raids? Isn't that the, see I, I was thinking of it the opposite way. Really? Where oh. you, would, you would socialize and join a guild to do those larger raids, and you would use Party Finder for the smaller content. Because like, the five-person stuff is like, you do it a couple times, and then you're out, you're done. And um, you, know, you don't want to try and find a party, because it's, you know, it's going to be level-based. There's a small selection of people that are going to want to do that. Like, say it's like a level 20 dungeon. How many people are staying level 20? It's unlike an endgame raid, where you know, that's where people stop. Everybody's at that max level. And people that play games and are level, I mean, at least me, I'm not a social person. I'm totally antisocial. I play Pascal. I watch, I watch Peep Show on my second monitor while playing. I don't want to have but, to commit energy. Okay. <laughs> then here's a question, guys, kind of related to this. How easily do you commit to a guild today versus, like, let's say, when you were younger? Because for me, I feel like before I was, like, just in and out of guild. I had no loyalty. I had no, like, I had no problem yeah. using a guild and dipping. But now, like, now that I'm, maybe because I don't know if it's, I'm older or something. I don't know what the deal is. But, like, I feel like if I get a random invite to a guild... I'll refuse it, unless I'm willing to, like, somewhat commit. Well, see, I, I, it's tough for me because, like, I don't like random invites because almost always you end up with, like, a dickhead leading the guild that's, like, just wants to use you for his own personal gain. Almost always. But, um, like, I, I don't jump in and out of guilds either. So, like, based on my experience playing Link Realms, I now find guilds based on having talk to the person that is inviting me and actually getting to know them a little bit more first. Like, I, I don't like when it's just like, 
hey, you want to join my guild? Because it could be anybody, you know? You could be stuck with these people for however long, and, like, I don't know. I'd rather I be stuck with people I'm actually going to enjoy playing the game with, because that's the whole point of playing games, right. is to enjoy them. So and you don't want to sit there with people that stress you the fuck out. And that's my point. I feel like a guild is a big commit, right? But if I just want to raid, like if I just want to do, like, a, a Fragfest raid with, like, 30 people, I don't mind, like, a raid finder for that. But a party is, like, I feel like a smaller... I, I, I think anybody can find a party, a four- or five-man party in a capital city. I don't think we need to coddle people that much where, they, you know, like, it teleports right outside the little four-man dungeon. Yeah, but it breaks people of the flow. What you want to just grind, right? You're grinding. You just want to grind. No. Right? You don't want to stop the leveling of the grinding. Then just you you want to keep going. You want to keep slaying mobs. Yeah, there go is no play point. Maple Story. If you want to play, like, this big immersive MMORPG world, you know, too bad. Run. Run a little. <laughs> all right and that, that, that's that's about, my like, last uh, word on that all right fair enough i, I actually i, I kind of i do like it because it does it actually in a sense it creates the opportunity for more interaction i just think that players are so anti-social to begin with or just don't care to commit because you're already playing with your friends and you're just running this dungeon or, or maybe you're, you're only going to care like, I think the personality it takes to actually form a relationship with someone online you play with once in a party, it's like, it's energy that's not worth spending. Actually, for I, most okay. people. I, I've said it once, and I'll probably say it again. I don't think a lot of people that play MMOs get the point of MMOs. Yeah. Like, I don't think they get it at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, and what's I the point? You want to just go ahead and say the point real quick? The point is to be in a world with a bunch of other people that you interact with maybe once, maybe a bunch of times, but there are a bunch of other people and you have to interact with them. And you don't interact with them in the same way you do in like a first-person shooter where you jump in and you talk on voice chat and you yell at them for a little bit and kill the other team. You actually have to interact with people in MMOs, like talk to them and play stuff with them and coordinate where you're going next. And it's just like... I, I don't think a, pe a lot of people want that experience, but they're not really willing to admit it. They just want the gameplay of that game without the rest of the experience, which is a little bit weird to me. Do you know what MMO interaction really comes down to these days? It comes down to you get the best gear, and you sit in town, and you pose, and you show your shit off to everyone. <laughs> That's as much interaction as you want. You just want to be the coolest guy on the server. That's yeah. it. And you don't want to talk to the plebs that don't have the same gear as you. Guys, so like, I think that it's kind of different nowadays. It, maybe it's because we've been playing MMOs for such a long time. I mean, how, how long have you guys been playing MMOs? I guess uh, I start. Long time. I, I want to say I started when I was ten, which is about thirteen. Okay, years ago. so when you were around like that age, right? Um, this is when MMOs were still pretty young, right? It wasn't like it wasn't like now, where you have this huge pool of MMOs to shop for. Back then, there was only a couple couple games, and no, and you know, people didn't know each other back then. But now that we're you know in the current age where there's so many MMOs, and you've been through that experience before, like us specifically, as people who have been playing for a long time, we have our friend groups already, right? So yeah. we go into these games already True. with a friend group, whereas like before. I remember when I went into a game, I didn't really know anybody in the game. So, you know, you invest a lot of time in building those relationships, you know, like, talking to people. Now it's like, you know, I got my friend. We're like on Skype. Fuck all these other people. <laughs> right? It was also novel, right? So you didn't, you weren't used to that in normal games on your console, on your PlayStation or N64. 
It was like a novel experience to spam chat and be like, I mean, there was no voice, voice, voice comm as well, right? No. I, mean, I mean, it was rare to have it. I yeah, mean, that's some, true. some people had it, but, but it was a big deal to have, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, people would be like, you know, our guild has voice comm. Like, we paid for it. It was a big you know? deal. Yeah, I mean, nowadays it's like anyone can make a, a Discord, use Skype, and, you know, once you have that established group of friends, you go into a game already on Skype. Yeah. So, I mean, how many how many times? I mean, you, you're talking about like you know you, you you join with people and they don't talk to you. It's like, how, how what do you think are the odds that they're in some other team speak talking to other people? That's a good while point. they're playing with you. Yeah. And you're you are also on Skype talking to your friend who you partied with. So you know who the fuck wants to wants to type and talk to other people when they don't have to when they already have their friends. Yeah, that's a good point. People probably just use like these party finders to fill one or two gaps. Like they probably are on Skype with like their tank friend or their DPS friend, and let's say they need a healer, they'll just kind of jump in together to the raid finder or whatever and just fill up the gaps and then just go. Yeah. And never talk. I mean, I agree that it's it's kind of bad. I mean, yeah. The, the best the best thing about that though is that when the one person that they've gotten now the rain finder doesn't do what they want because they're not communicating with them they yell about it it's like what i mean it happens a lot i mean i know it happens to us too right like we get mad when they do something but it's like they have no idea you know like no i i, I i'm rational enough that i realize that if i have a well-oiled four-man team right and i bring one more person into it for a dungeon I can't expect this person to know what they're doing. They're not in my voice chat, or they're not in my uh, whatever we're doing. But I, I realize that, and I'm like, okay, we did poorly because they're not coordinating with us. They don't know how we work, what our strategies are. I mean, so, 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 so the bottom line is, um, pro tip: how to spot a MMO version is uh, they they're talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like wow, this is so hey new guys. to me. Wow, we're in uh, a world hey, together. Hey, hey guys, what's up? What's up, guys? Um, oh man, look at this dungeon. All right, um, <laughs> I I will be healing you guys today. All right. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know everyone hates it, but I really do think uh, in-game VoIP needs to come standard in basically every game now. Yep, I agree uh, with that. Well, why would you do that when you have a service like Discord where you're uniting people that because, aren't all in the same game? Because when you have in-game VoIP, you, when you party with randoms, the randoms can then talk to you over voice chat. Oh yeah, that's fair. Okay, okay. okay. So, see, we have another situation where like you play Counter Strike. Counter Strike has in-game VoIP, right? There's a lot of times where like we format stack like or you know something. We play with a lot of people in Counter Strike, and then there's like that one random guy. And what and like that like you, you don't talk to him like it, it's just quiet right and then when he fucks up you're like fuck you man like what the fuck is your problem right okay. <laughs> that, that's what you press the button for you're like fuck this you know fuck you and then your entire team is like what the fuck was that man like like really like like why didn't you call call that shit you know and it's like you haven't been talking the entire time to him right okay so that that's that's what people use it for of course but like. <laughs> It, it it's not a matter of like the worst case scenario it's a matter of like the best case scenario and the best case scenario you can still talk to these guys and it gives you a way to talk to them without going okay we're starting a five minute raid you should or a five minute dungeon you should spend the next 10 minutes setting up 
your team speak and getting on it with us so that we can talk with you even though we're going to be gone in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? That's what Discord links are for, right? I do think, okay, I know I said final word on the party thing, but one more thing. I actually read your post now, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Guild Wars 2 with the automatic party thing, and I know Rift does this as well, and probably Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. with the the, map events. I'm not sure, though. But, uh, so I do think if there's going to be a guild finder, raid finder, group finder, it should be kind of invisible to the player in, in the same sense as like Guild Wars does it. Yeah, I like. I actually I like the way Guild Wars 2 does yeah, it, but yeah. that's not really about raids and dungeons. That's about zone uh, events well, or zone quests. Well, what is a, what is a dungeon but a zone event? You know, like... mm, well, dungeons exist independently. Zone, dungeons are zones in themselves, so... Well, it, I don't fine. know if that's a fair well, Im- imagine, imagine, uh, imagine Guild Wars or Rift. I don't know if you played it, but let's say you do like a, a map event, right? I mean, there's like 20 guys, random yeah. guys in a, in a random public group now. And you go, if anyone who's near when you kill that crystal, without even knowing it, let's say they get teleported to an instance of that exact same map where there's like a whole <clears throat> like boss, mob, 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 boss, mob, 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 boss yeah, event. Yeah. And they don't even know it. So, that, you know, you, it's, up to the, it's up to the developers to kind of create these systems with, and, and get people playing together without us noticing. You know, it's not, it's not all on us. Like, I know we're yelling at each other for saying, oh, we're not being social. But it's up to the game developers to use today's technology, whether it's VoIP or whatever, to, to force us to be social. That's, that's their job. And that's it. I think that's fair. I think that's a good endpoint, unless anyone yeah. else has anything on. No, no, so we, we get to the real big controversy here of the week. Or one of the controversies, not the, not not Ghost in the Shell, but not there yet. <laughs> uh, everyone's favorite company, everyone's favorite company, every, the games that people want to play. Area Games will be publishing Bless in the West, which is a nice little rhyme there. Aren't we blessed? Uh, bless on. Are we blessed? We're not blessed yet, but we will be soon, probably in the latter half of the summer. Uh, Bless is a Korean MMO where two factions are at war with each other. Yeah, you can see here in the video. A uh, classic MMO premise. Uh, it's supposed to be heavily narrative-driven. It entered uh, Korean Open Beta back on January 27th. And because the publisher's Area Games, plenty of people have been pretty upset. Uh, Area Games is responsible for Aura Kingdom. Um, what else are they for? They're actually responsible for a lot. Espoir League, Eternal, Eternal, Echo of Soul. Atrocities Against Mankind. Atrocities <laughs> Against Mankind. I see Shu is already passionate. Uh, interestingly enough, somebody on Reddit, uh, which we have here in the post, claims that they worked at Area Games and that they did the monetization model for Aura Kingdom, and claims that Area is trying their damnedest not to create pay-to-win games. So that a lot of people are, are afraid after hearing this announcement that Bless Online will be pay-to-win, uh, but apparently Area is trying their best to walk the line. Although, as we've seen with almost every release. Walking the line between pay to win and fair is nearly impossible. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Shu clearly has thoughts about okay. area. Sh- so what was the last area game you played like decently? Was it Ark Kingdom or was it Eden Eternal? Uh, it was probably Eden. Okay. I-, I stopped after that. For me- for reasons you probably know about. <laughs> Actually, talk about that because uh, Sean just said the guy in Re- that guy in Reddit said um, they- they're trying to make it not pay to win. Uh, would you say that's accurate? Uh, or? I'm just- I'm just I'm just being a hater because I'm not banned. But yeah, uh... <laughs> hate please get the hate ready. Hate it up. Uh, well, I mean I got I got banned and it was my fault. But yeah, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of their monetization system because, well, you guys know me. I, I, I kind of spend a lot on games. And, uh, do you want to explain have, what their monetization is? Yeah. Oh, geez, dude. They have uh, this tiered spender thing that they put on their games. Ooh. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't, so please. I've seen oh, it. Do you have oh a link? Lord. I have oh seen Lord. it, but I don't... Dude, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have a link. I'd have to look for it. I'll, I'll look for it. Someone can discuss it, yeah. So they have this tiered spender thing where it's like, and the thing is, is I, I really like like cosmetics, right? And they, what they do is they have like a certain outfit that is like only like, um, if you spend this amount within this pay period, you make, you can get this like special item. So it's like based on the amount that you spend in the cash shop. And what's even worse is they have other ones that are like, um, whoever spends the most gets these items so it's it's literally like you don't even know if you're gonna get it it's like you have to out you have to outbid like the rest of the community it's really just a lot of really like targeted money like grabbing you know it's it's intentional just asshole-ish shit wow, but is a... that pay to win if it's just this cosmetic <laughs> thing i mean it, it, it's pretty crazy um, not not really Go ahead, I'm looking at the tiered service for um, Aura Kingdom, not even Eternal, but Aura Kingdom. Uh -huh. And if you, if you're a tier ten, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what the monetary amount this is, fifty thousand AP, but uh, you get GM service, whatever that means. It, 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 it sounds like it sounds like a Counter Strike admin, you know, like if you donate. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, you can buy your way into administrating the game. Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know you what GM service means. Shit. I'm not sure what, if anyone in chat knows what GM service means in uh when it comes to Aria Games tiers. Please, please inform uh, me. Uh, okay, so I'm assuming it means you can call it, call it, call it, call a DM if you have a problem in the game or something. And you can, you, you, you can only do that if you pay. <laughs> A lot of games have that actually. Really? Where, unless you're, unless you're, if you're not premium, you cannot. Contact service in game, and you have to do some email shit. Well, I mean, doesn't, doesn't Guild Wars do that? If, if okay, game, doesn't Guild Wars do like that? that? Don't play that fucking game. Oh, not Guild Wars. Guys, Guild here, Wars. here's the thing. Is this the first like really modern MMO that uh, Aria has had in a while? That's a good uh, point. Aria usually publishes shit, so this is actually a pretty big title. Like, it, I, I don't mean like new. I mean like the first like really modern one with like modern graphics and like. Do you mean non Chinese? Yes. Elements. Yes. Uh, let's be real here. Yeah. You, you mean you <laughs> they're Taiwanese? <laughs> Same shit. <laughs> I mean they publish. They published Age of Coden. Is that right? No, no, no. They don't, they they like co-publish no, it. Doesn't count. Like oh, I no, see. No, they don't even co-publish it. They just have a service for it. Like you know how. You know how the Chinese browser games license out to like R2 games and their portal yeah, yeah. and the other one. That's kind of what they have with Age of Conan. Well, I can say that the the last game Air Games published was, I believe, Dragomon Hunter, right? And I guess we don't consider that modern. Why? Because it's okay. No, it's I, I mean modern, like kind of. You know how Black Desert is calling itself next gen, even though it's like not really next gen. It's just yeah. catching up with everything else. That's what I meant, like that. Okay. Alright, just for the record, well, I'm not being racist. People in Taiwan are a different nationality, but ethnically they are Chinese. Okay, so I'm not being racist on that one. <laughs> okay, two, I do... Dude, 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 I, that, they get really triggered by that shit, dude. Well, it, 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 um, if they get triggered, it's their fault. They're, they're, they're Chinese, too, ethnically, not nationally. Like, ethnically, they're trying to too bad, deal with it. Okay, anyway. 
<laughs> but yeah. Okay, bam, moving what? on, moving on. Okay, but anyways, with, considering Avria has mostly been putting out like browser games and the next X Legend game recently, this is a pretty big score for them. I mean, this this is huge. But I agree. I agree. Uh, what what I'm looking at though is, Aria is really bad at post release support. Like in terms of updates, they they'll update the cash shop, they'll update all this and that, but the the massive content updates do not come often enough. I don't know if they like don't want to pay for them or what. Like I don't know how this works because you you'll see in other countries the same games will be getting updated regularly, like maybe monthly, and Aria will have like once every three to six months and I'm just like oh like what hey man that, that cash shop is updated like every couple weeks like every <laughs> week <laughs> the cash shop is updated <laughs> new tiered spender right. <laughs> new tiered spender exclusive exclusive outfit for the top uh, five spenders <laughs> <laughs> but and I, I mean looking at Aria is like one of one of my like big caution signs when I'm looking at new MMOs is when the front of the the front page is covered in news of like cash shop updates, sales, and various spending events. If they don't have any sort of content or like bug fix updates at all on the homepage, that's a big sign I'm not gonna play it. Mm. And that's that's what you see on a lot of Aria games. I just want kit clothes, man. The <laughs> I, I'm gonna defend Aria here, okay? For a second. They were, right, they were one of the first um, Western companies to bring these Eastern free-to-play games to, to the West. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that they won the license for a bless, which, which uh, is a... I, I don't know if I want to say triple-A, but big budget, right? Compared to a lot of their more recent games in the past. It kind of shows that they're kind of committed to the, to the free-to-play MMORPG space. Because I kind of felt they were going like the more casual, browsery route. So that's, that's a good sign. Uh, well, I mean, okay, okay, that's 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 a little. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are gonna get this, but uh, for the longest time, I am smart. Just, I'll get it. <laughs> just USA, which published. Wait, 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 wait. Just as in like all the, yeah, all the old porn they, games. Yeah, they they publish visual novels. Okay, but they uh, <laughs> they had like <laughs> six projects, right? They had like uh -huh. six projects that had been going on for like five years or so and they were not finished so everybody they hadn't put out releases like in a while like a year or two and everybody's like okay when are these going to come out but oh they were committed to it you know what i mean so like aria got a big game so you're saying they're committed to it what it really might be is they may have just gotten lucky for all we know lucky i don't think it's luck i think the developer is gonna is, is bidding it out to the biggest guy who pays him the most you know the area wants this bad, and yeah. Bless. What's interesting about Bless is Bless is a game I thought for sure was gonna die when they announced that they were reworking. I think it was like six different systems in the game, uh, but apparently they they did that pretty quick. So I think that was back in October, and then they put the open beta out in January. So I, Bless is a lot riding on Bless. It seems there's definitely faith in it. So we shall see how it plays out. And since it has that medieval fantasy aesthetic, I think it should have some pretty widespread appeal here Who, in the West. Didn't they hire some fancy like? Composer to make the music. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Hans Zimmer is doing the free. <laughs> is that music, crazy? Which is ridiculous. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. Hans freaking Zimmer. I'm actually just googling that to make sure I'm right. And yes, that's exactly what's happening. Composed by Hans Zimmer. If you don't know who Hans Zimmer is, he's every time you've heard uh, an epic orchestral soundtrack in a movie, it's probably been Hans Zimmer. 
Uh, unless you're watching Spider-Man 2, in which case Hans Zimmer really screwed up. But other than that, uh, I mean, that's a, that is a big deal. That, Hans Zimmer doesn't take a cheap paycheck either, and I've never heard of him doing games before, so definitely yeah. interesting. He did Batman, by the way. All right, so once again, uh, not to bash on Taiwan X-Legend. You know, Aria publishes a lot of X-Legend games. I like, their, I like X-Legend games, but you can kind of tell they're small-budget, like, incremental improvements, whereas the Bless, the Korean developer, is going all out with, you know, with the production value. So, that was my point. Once again, I'm not racist. I promise. <laughs> Neither am I, which is why I'm going to say this. Hans Zimmer actually did do Fallout 4, which is interesting. So I guess Hans Zimmer does dabble in game mu music more than I thought, but... Bethesda's got money, so I'm not surprised by that one. Uh, I guess Neo is. Neo is wants this game to be polished, so we shall see. I'm actually looking forward to Bless uh, for absolutely no reason other than that it looks nice. I have no idea really about... I, as far as it seems like on paper, it seems pretty generic, just the game itself. A bunch of different classes, two factions at war. I think the world is going to be more... I'm not sure if it's actually in a straight-up open world or not. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think Bless is straight up open world, and isn't this the one that we can ride dragons? Because that was basically the only reason. No, that was Icarus. To begin with. But this no, is, yeah. there, there was another one. Bless, this, I think. This does have fancy mounts. I'm not sure about dragons, but it does have a lot of fancy mounts. Interestingly, it's yeah, you can ride Unreal a dragon. Engine. Oh, all right, I'll ride some dragons. So we have two it's dragon games coming out this year, then, right? Uh, I guess so. If you want to call this a dragon game, I mean the other one is straight up dragon game, yeah. which is Riders of Icarus or Icarus Online. Why they had to change oh, the name? I don't know why. Maybe the dragon is just fast travel. Never mind. Damn, they let I, me down. But it does have fancy. I did. I think I saw someone riding like a mammoth or something in Bless. So it, it is still pretty cool. The mount selection. We shall see how it plays out. I think it, it also, because it's on Unreal Engine 3, more people should be able to play it than a game like Black Desert, which is pretty demanding uh, to run. Black Desert is demanding and poorly optimized. I mean... Uh, well, there you go. Well, we'll see. I imagine Bless will be poorly optimized, too, but we'll... We it's shall just... See. In the grand scheme of things, it is very poorly optimized, Black <laughs> Desert. I mean, very poorly. It shouldn't... You shouldn't ever have a time when you stop in place everything is invisible and it slowly loads in like gray buildings and then the textures like one by one mm, yeah I, I that is off-putting well since we're we're on the hating on game company train here uh, let's not stop the, the the rail anytime soon uh recently it was announced that soul worker which is a anime stylized mmo will be published in north america and europe by gameforge Another company which, uh, for some reason, really inspires people's ire. Uh, it was really announced uh, by going to the GameForge website. <laughs> they listed, or uh, by going to the Soulworker website, which listed GameForge as their business partner for North America and Europe. Uh, right now, Soulworker is in Japan. It can be played with a VPN. Uh, I'm pretty excited just because, like, cell shade, cell shaded anime aesthetic going on here. It does look I cool, but I know literally nothing about this game. <laughs> GameForge. Uh, but so, uh, someone talk about GameForge, yeah. GameForge bought Runes of Magic. That's all I know about them. I don't. Yeah, know how free bad ball for all. I've heard they're terrible. I think Ion was run by GameForge, and people hated it. That's all I know. Yeah, for some reason, GameForge. I I also don't know much about GameForge, but we have two experts here with us on the panel. I only know that they've done Wizard One Hundred One. 
No, what? Uh, really? No. Why, why is maybe, that there? They, okay. they no, pu no, maybe no, they no, published no. a European they, version, they do... but they did not make it or anything. I see, I see. No, no, yeah, I know they, they didn't make it. They do a lot of European uh, publishing contracts, yeah. not Fair. a lot of North American. Fair enough. I mean, so why why do people hate GameForge? Can anyone elaborate here? I'm, I don't know why people hate it any more than any other like for a company trying to make money, you know? <laughs> I mean, I kind of met some of the guys that worked at GameForge, and uh, the guy who ran uh, Frogster, who was involved with the, when he, they got bought out by GameForge, so he kind of ended up working at GameForge. I mean, they seem like nice guys. I mean, they're trying to make money off of free-to-play games, so they're going to be selling shit, you know? But, Bias! <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, what do you, you expect? Shook his hand. You're in their pocket. I'm not. I mean, they're not paying me. I wish they were, but, but you know, they're trying to make money off, uh, you know, these shitty Korean games or so. Actually, fun fact: RuneScape. I mean, Runes of Magic is also Taiwanese. Altai being racist again. No, whoa, whoa, Runes of Magic was one of my first WoW clones that I played. Really? Yeah. I don't think I ever had a chance to experience the magic in Runes of Magic. Okay, I just, played it. Fortunately. I played it to about level 20, and then I gave up. So think WoW with uh, with dual classing. That's kind of neat. Yeah. I like that. That sounds nice. That was Guild Wars 1, which I've always enjoyed. And, and with the shitty models that look like they have really sharp edges that don't Ooh, sit right. You use them as weapons. You attack with your characters with sharp edges. So we know that GameForge purchased the domain. Also, by the way, this is also confirmed because GameForge bought up every domain with Soulworker in it. Uh, which you can check by going to uh, by going to a website that's in the link. Uh, but anyway, here. Does anyone know anything about Soulworker? Shoe? <coughs> I feel like this is a total shoe game. <coughs> right? It's Japanese. Uh, it must be racist again. It's Japanese, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know too much about the game. I mean, I've only seen the graphics. Um, one interesting thing that I have seen in trailers is uh, they have, like, it seems to be a very extensive, like, housing system where there's a lot of interactables in the house like you can get like those like like a deep bathtub and you can like go inside of it and like play around in there and uh, oh, that's weird okay there's a lot of, a lot of uh, out of game things you can do which is kind of promising but at the same time like how much are they gonna put in that you I mean you know it's a trailer right they're supposed to get shot like the best right so well, as far as I know, the game is going to function like a co-op instance sprawler, where you pick from six classes or six characters, and you're just going to run down hallways, killing all the mobs with friends or alone, until so you get to the boss, kill the boss, then collect new gear. Uh, so it's going to be kind of simple. I think it's really the aesthetic that's going to make it attractive. And if people who like Rusty Hearts, which I know has kind of like a, a cult following or a cult remembrance party, uh, should find something like here because it is definitely similar uh, graphically. I didn't get a chance to play Rusty Hearts. Kind of wish I did once I found out about it. Uh, one thing, of course, that is one thing that's finding its way into every game that we can talk about is that Soul Worker will have a card system. For some reason, cards are like the new. It's like a virus, if you want to call it that. It <laughs> finds its way into every single game, whether now it's Paragon or Paladins or now Soul Worker. And I, I don't understand because I thought cards used to be just. Uh, just in Ragnarok Online to boost your okay. weapons and shields. In Ragnarok, they made sense. I am not a fan of cards the way I've seen them implemented recently, especially in Paladins, which, I've, we, which we've gone over many times. But cards are also in Paragon, which I think I'm the only one here who has played. How is Paragon? Uh, in, uh, to talk about Paragon real quick, Paragon is any other MOBA 
Mm -hmm. uh, with a sci-fi aesthetic and third person. But for the most part, to me, it plays like a top-down MOBA, like a League or a Dota 2. And I mean that on a very so general level. So, so it's like Smite. It. So it's, it's like Smite. I didn't play Smite, so I'm not sure. But the one thing that struck me about Paragon is that you're in third person, and I kind of, I guess I'm used to playing at a faster pace. But because it's a MOBA, it's a much slower-paced game. Uh, like, just movement speed-wise, and the way that uh, conflicts between you and other players come about, you know, as your minions spawn, uh, you kill each other's minions, gain experience, kill um, jungler, junglers. Uh, so, to me, that was off-putting, kind of like how when we played Battleborn, we're playing an FPS, and we're trying to play it like an FPS, but it's really more of a MOBA. So, it seems like changing the camera angle is kind of disorienting after playing these top-down MOBAs for the last, uh, I don't know, 10 years, if not more. So, yeah, you're describing Smite, yeah. Alright, so, so then it's the same thing as Smite. So you've played both, you know, I think you're the only one here who's played both Battleborn, which we did for Sunday Funday, guys, check it out on YouTube, and uh, Paragon. So how would you compare those two? Yes. Self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Battleborn, Battleborn I can appreciate more because it's at least trying to do something different. Okay. But Paragon is playing it safe by uh, regurgitating the same formula. Battleborn to me was too chaotic. It's too much. Maybe maybe I I feel epilepsy coming on, but I, I could appreciate that Battleborn at least changed the formula a bit, but like the way how each match kinda of has a different objective and you, you have to either kill the other ended player's robot or feed minions to so that weird tiki torch thing. Whereas in Paragon it's just get your minions down the lanes, kill enemy heroes, upgrade, upgrade, kill the other team's base. Uh and that's fine. Can you actually dodge attacks? Yeah, everything. That's the other thing about Paragon. Is in Paragon, right? You have a crosshair, just like in Battleborn, and you need to actually, uh, you know, aim your attacks. But the thing is, it's so easy because everything kind of has a wide spread, and your abilities kind of have a wide spread that it's not like Counter Strike, where it's like precision aiming. It's not Twitch-based combat. It's just lined up and click. That's also because everything's slower paced. Whereas Battleborn, you know, Battleborn, you have to know what you were doing with your skills and your attacks to actually. Uh, get a kill or engage. So here's a question. Yeah, I really had to aim in Battleborn with my character at least. Okay, here's a quick question, Gumby. You were playing a sniper. I just I, I want to say duh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'm just I'm saying I'm saying like like it doesn't auto target for you. The attacks aren't spread in Battleborn. It's you actually have to hit people or you do no damage. Guys, quick question for Sean. Okay, when you were playing Paragon, I know I said this multiple times, so if you guys are, you know, regular listeners, you're, you're going to be tired of this, but when you were playing Paragon, did you ever get the impression of, hey guys, look what you can do with this engine, rather than like, I'm playing a unique game? Cause with I think I said this, and I, I'm still confident that Paragon is, to an extent, showing off the Unreal Engine. I think you nailed that, but I don't think, it's, it's not just purely that, which is why they played it safe, because they played it safe because people are going to play this game, but yeah, it's showing off what Unreal can do. And it looks gorgeous. Right. Paragon, though, also has this, like, gritty atmosphere. It's more of a... It's not... I don't want to say realistic, but it certainly feels more realistic than a game like Battleborn, which is, like, this cel-shaded, fun, vibrant kind of well, exactly. playful game. Like, when I was playing Battleborn... Paragon is showing off what Unreal can do. Right, when I, all right. So does Paragon have stuff like this? Let me, let me explain. When, I, when we played Battleborn, right, and we were kind of, like, in that hub room after the game started yeah. for like a few seconds and you don't remember on the screens there was like a little tutorial where it's like go yeah. here do like those kind of cute like world building did paragon have that stuff or was it just no, like paragon, fight? it's more about showing off through its flashy uh effects and skills and through the world itself 
Like even like a like DNA thing. The... Like when you level up in Battleborn, there's like a DNA helixy thing, and you got to pick left or right for the skills. Uh. Like I like touches. Like I like things like that. It kind of shows the game. I has really soul. didn't notice. I didn't shave. No space pirate. Uh, uh, no, I really didn't notice anything subtle that was kind of special or trying to, like, make it feel cutesy. It just kind of felt like a straight up, this is the game, go ahead and play it. It was more about showing off in the environmental details itself rather than doing something cutesy. Like, Battleborn, again, Battleborn has the Borderlands 2 charm to it, something Paragon can't have because it's not made by 2K. So I think that doesn't come from the engine, that comes from the developers themselves having kind of like a quirky approach to the way they present elements. Whereas Paragon <laughs> is like, here's a game, go ahead and play it. <laughs> I, I've probably said this before, but I think the only reason that you think that Paragon looks like a tech demo is because of the way the graphics and the lighting look. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the game itself, it's just that like when you look at all the Unreal tech demos, and especially like the ones where they're showing off how much grass you can place in the Unreal Engine 4, it, it looks that same kind of graphical quality as their tech demos did, and I think that's where you're getting that from. Well, exactly. It kind yeah, of no, feels... I'm not saying... It feels like they dragged like and dropped. It's not a game, though. I mean, fine. But, but that's, that doesn't mean that there's not a game that they're making. It, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's a tech demo. It just means they're using their signature Unreal Engine 4 style. It feels like they're using like default assets. You know what it feels like? It feels like a StarCraft or WarCraft custom game, but within like the Unreal game. Okay, I can assure you they're not using default assets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can yeah, assure you that. that one, Aaron. I, I mean, they made a game. It's just that they played it safe, which is why I think I think by playing it safe proves that it was more about pushing the engine to what it can do than it was about just making a straight up tech. Die. It's a balance, right? It's not like one way or the other. Uh, I, I because... think. I think the thing is, if they really wanted just a tech demo, they would have finished Unreal Tournament Four by now. That's a good point. Where is Unreal Tournament, and why isn't that finished? <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be completely free, and it's open source, so they're probably not prioritizing oh. it. That's true. Okay, here's a, here's a, here's the, most of the maps don't have anything in them. Here's the final question about Paragon. Is it worth Sunday Funday? Because we have five people. It's a MOBA. I, I'm guessing the team sizes are five. Ugh. I think if you have to ask if it's worth Sunday Fundaying, it's not worth Sunday Fundaying. <laughs> I think our Sunday Fundays should be... Should we do it this week? Not, is it worth it? The only, the only it way should we're be playing... fun. It should be fun. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sunday fun day. I, mean, I think fun. one qualification. It has to be fun. <laughs> All right, look, everyone. Knows... Stop. Okay, okay, okay. Can we agree now? Since he's not here, if we, if it has to be fun, we can't let Omer pick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Shu generally agrees with Omer's oh picks, God. so we can't let her. We can't let her pick either. Uh, I mean, do, do, do I? I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't. You're you're I mean, you're a part I, of the war mode cartel, okay? I I know you. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, war, war mode was fun though. War, All war right, mode was fun. Yeah, there it is. Ba Battleborn PVE was terrible. Um. Oh what, yeah. What else did we do recently? What what did we do recently in the last couple? I, I wipe my memory clean after every Sunday fun day. Well, <laughs> I'll okay. I'll die unchained. Okay, I, let me let me put it this way. Omer's pick, Metal Assault. My pick, Battleborn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Metal Assault was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> That's fair. That's good. Good comparison. Metal Assault was terrible. I will oh, say, if you God. guys like if you guys like MOBAs, if you guys like MOBAs, you like playing traditional three-lane tower MOBAs, you'll like Paragon. 
Hmm. But I think that's the way to put it. And now, I'm not somebody, if, if you've watched, I don't like MOBAs that much, because Airhound scarred me. But the point is, uh, other than that, there's really nothing special drawing you into it. It's just, here's a MOBA, it's a little different, enjoy it for what it is. So if you want that, then go ahead and, and play. Um, Hi guys, oh I'm looking for oh Sunday fun days. I'm doing it. Sunday. Okay, so he, he did get a. <laughs> so he did get a um. Uh, playing with Wi-Fi on it then. Yeah, Omar, Omar's joining us in chat, guys. For uh. Okay, the okay, okay, guys. Okay, guys. I'm going. I'm going through this list. Okay, okay. We have. It's funny. Um, we're just talking shit too. Stop, <laughs> <laughs> Omar. You just joined. Just That's karma, time. dude. Karma. Yeah, it is karma. See who picked Atlas Reactor. The game was fun. That was an overpick, pick, I think, no? Who picked Wildstar? I think I picked Atlas Reactor. Wildstar? Okay, oh, who really? picked... Wildstar was a while ago. Boring. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. Boring. Um, Tribes Ascent. Boring. Tribes Ascent? Come on, that wasn't boring. boring. Tribes, I disagree with that Tribes right Ascent there. was... It's Tribes kinda, is a classic. It is, but it's kind of dated. Codenamed... Could, it's could dated, yeah. Care, terrible. <laughs> Mental Assault, terrible. <laughs> Speaking of games that many people aren't looking forward to, at least on Reddit, World of Warcraft Legion. Oh, launch date on no, August 30th. August 30th. Now, I haven't played WoW in quite a while, unless you count Nostalgia, since I can't say it properly. Nostalgia. we got to call nostalgia. it Nostalgia from now on. Nostalgias. Nostalgias, yes. Yeah. Blizzard <laughs> uh, finally announced the release date, and actually, I did not check this, but I'm going to check it right now. When does the Warcraft movie release because I really felt that they were gonna no the Warcraft movie releases June 10th so they're not trying to tie them together but oh, of course people people are hoping that you can get a free copy of War, World of Warcraft like the base game or something or a month or something with the Warcraft movie I've already seen oh, that shit. that's not happening I, I doubt that if by base game you mean the free to play edition that's already available then sure <laughs> but uh, for those of you who have not been paying attention Legion does include the uh, Demon Hunter a new class, and I actually did want to comment on that quickly. It also contains new mounts. Uh, bah, bah, bah. The expansion alone will cost $49.99, or you can get the digital deluxe edition for $69.99, an appropriate number, and instantly boost your character to level 100, because grinding's for suckers. And you'll get early access to the Demon Hunter class. Now, real quick, I remember when Burning Crusade came out, I actually <laughs> uh, skipped school to buy it, and I remember Blizzard announcing they were going to release a new class with every expansion. Well, it looks like it's only taken eight years to fulfill the dream now that we finally have the second class after the Death Knight. Uh, well, there was, no, there was a monk! There was a monk! What else was there? Monk! Oh, the monk! The monk! I the forgot. Alright, fair enough. I'm wrong. Please. Um, okay. What was the new class in Burning Crusade? What was the new class in Crusade? The Death Knight. Death Knight, yeah. No, no, I, I, no, no that was, that was really? Wrath. Was, yeah. Oh, shit. No, that okay. was, yeah, that was, that was definitely Wrath, because that was... Uh, wow. I'm gonna yeah. get called out in the comments now. All right, Damn, Gumby. Okay, so here, here's the funny thing I've noticed about Legion. Leading up to the announcement of when it was gonna be released, everybody was like super hyped about this, and it's like this is gonna be what saves WoW. And as yeah. soon as it was announced, now everybody's like, oh fuck this shit. Now why is that? Is it because of the features that are included? No, because we knew about a lot of those beforehand. I, I just think all of a sudden the zeitgeist has changed and everybody's like, "Good word, <laughs> zeitgeist." All right, if if we were politically minded in this in this group and most, we would start like a, a boycott campaign until they bring back a vanilla server, against huh? Blizzard? Against no, against Legion specifically. Like, wow, 
Like, don't buy Legion. But none of us are gonna play. I don't think I is. Here, there's a quick question: Is anybody in chat gonna planning on playing Legion? Because I know none of us are. I don't no, think. No, we're not. I'm not. What do you mean? We are Legion. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I I just I know that there are probably about five million, five point five million people playing WoW. I just don't know who they are. No. I actually only know one person playing WoW. It was 5.5. Uh, 5. Well. It was 5.5 when they stopped they reporting. Stopped. Yeah, right. So it so might I have fell since then. It can't have fallen that much. Why not? I don't think. It could have. No, because so. because their major drop already happened, and basically, unless they are free falling, it's not going to have dropped that much. They're, it's The huge drop-off is over, basically. I think it's our obligation to misrepresent and assume it's a big drop. Since they stopped reporting... We have to shame them by, by over-reporting the drop. You know what I'm saying? So, they, so it kind of forces them to start revealing numbers again. What do you think? I, I have it. I have all That's going to backfire. Sources really speculate that Blizzard's numbers are down to 1.2 million. Yeah, you heard it here first. MMOs.com says Blizzard's numbers are now 1 million active players left. <laughs> until they According to our undisclosed sources. Until they prove otherwise, that's the official number. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Actually, guys. Uh, all right, Sean, uh, Matt. News people, ready? Someone published that article, a news article, <laughs> and then and then forward it to Blizzard. <laughs> we might be <laughs> the site that gets them to start revealing their numbers again, only if only to disprove our bullshit. We might get the first site that gets uh, uh, the first media website to get a lawsuit from Blizzard. Maybe, maybe or, we'll get some or, lawyers wait, send us wait. a French document. Alternatively, we could then get put in a situation where we have to write an article like Kotaku complaining that we'll never get a review copy again. Do we ever get a review did copy they, of, of Legion? Yeah, we don't get review yeah. copies. <laughs> yeah, they, they did that. They did that. They wrote an article complaining that Bethesda blacklisted them and they didn't get a review copy of Fallout 4, basically. Wow. With all the money Kotaku doesn't make, I bet that really hurt them. Yeah, I, I never... <laughs> that really hurt them. I never got that point. I feel like if you're a, a site, like, even even MMOs.com, guys, like, we're not big, right? But, like... We can afford to buy a copy of a game, like fifty bucks. Like, wow! If if, if you if, <laughs> if you have to complain about you know not getting free games, <laughs> that's kind of sad. I don't know what to say. Kind of, yeah. You know, I'm gonna say it. I'll just say it. Kotaku, you looked like a bitch. Yeah. And that's pretty much that's pretty much what it comes down to. If you're gonna write some clickbait bullshit like that, so well, enjoy. They wrapped <laughs> it in. They wrapped it in. This is the hard life of a gaming journalist. They oh shit! Black <laughs> <laughs> and you're not guys, a journalist. Guys, we we, we got we gotta say straight up by the way that um anytime we bitch about not having games, we're we're just joking, okay? Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the tree of life thing, oh, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. We're just joking, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't want your tree of life anyway. Actually shout out to Black Desert Online. They actually did give us uh free copies, which was awesome. So thank you. And, I mean, it's uh, nice when they give us free copies, yeah. but they're they're not obligated to do it. Yeah. But it, it, well, I didn't get a free copy. I well, paid hold on, Tom. Where's my thousand dollars for the review? Money. <laughs> 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 I, I like what Elmer said before. He's like, um, yeah, they, they gave me money for the review. I still say they gave me shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if a review copy alone is enough to buy you, you know, it, your real voice is probably not that worth that much. Yeah, you're It's like one dollar like, sucky sucky. Um, okay, it's like that thing with uh, 
Shadow of Mordor, the controversy with that was they were giving review copies only to people that would like promise and I think sign something saying they were going to only give a positive review of it. Sign what? something? What? Is this real? Yeah, that's real. They, they only gave review copies, pre-release review copies to people that were going to give it a positive review. I mean, we could have just said we're going to give them a positive review. That was Shadow of Mordor. It's a single-player game. But, uh... Yeah, I think they had to sign something saying that they were going to. That's that's nasty, dude. That's fucking nasty. Well, I'm glad this discussion took us here. Uh, we will we take checks made out to MMOs.com team. Uh, we do each need our own when we do reviews, even when only one person writes it. And our minimum is a thousand dollars. So. Wow, you're setting oh, the bar low. Yeah, setting the bar a little low, but you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're still young. <laughs> if anybody wants anything reviewed on our site, like. It doesn't have to be a game. It could be a book, maybe like a, a restaurant. You know, right. we'll, we'll put anything on our site for $1,000. <laughs> the MMO site. The MMO's restaurant. Come down to Bill's Barbecue. Like, like the, new, the, the new Big Mac uh, with the new sauce. It's, it's really great. It's, it'll, it's a perfect diet for, for while you're playing. I want to see like a Gumby review. <laughs> I'll do a grumble of anything. <laughs> well, speaking of paying for reviews, we should probably go to the greatest country in the world right now, to China, who recently expanded a contract for Dungeons and Fighters, or as it's known Dungeon as, and here, as Dungeon Fighter Online. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually a 10-year contract to keep publishing the game, uh, which is pretty impressive. It just shows you the, uh, the popularity. Uh, dungeon End Fighter, which is really awkward to say, uh, over in China. Uh, the game is still pretty popular here, too. I believe, I know a few people play it, but I don't think it ever caught on as well. But it is one of the highest grossing games in the world uh, in terms of revenue. It's popular in Korea and a freaking hit, like super's hit in China. Here, it's not so big. The developer has to publish it itself because Nixon dropped it. So it's not big here, but it does have a small but dedicated following here. I never had a chance to play uh, Dungeon Fighter Online, but I always liked I always liked it at a distance, you know, it's for not, its 2D art style. I, I think the best way I can put it is it's... Unless you are really, really a huge fan of, like, Streets of Rage and games like that, it is fun for about five hours, and then it gets repetitive and boring. Oh. You know what it reminds well, me of? Well, I know somebody... Go ahead. Sure, that reminds me of, but uh, when I saw the news, the news headline uh, where Tencent renewed it for ten years, it looks like a twenty-year-old game. So for, I can only imagine how dated. Well, it's supposed to. Well, I know, I know, but like it, it does. I can only imagine what it's gonna look like ten years from now. It, it, it's, it's supposed to look exactly like it looks like. today. <laughs> I mean, compared, <laughs> compared to what's <laughs> available in ten years, obviously. They're going to add a VR support for Dungeon & Fighter. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. And you, you'll look around you, and the whole thing will, will warp around you. So everywhere you look, you can see your character. Yeah, I guess this is really popular because in China, you know, you don't have the same... You don't have the same level of adoption of tech, so you have lower-spec computers. So, I mean, what else are you going to play? You're going to play older games, and Dungeon & Fighter is just one that will run on everything, I imagine, at least. I feel like Chinese so. people have more patience for grinding, too. Because I... If you play Dungeon Fighter, Dungeon, Dungeon Fighter Online, I actually like the concept. I like the graphic style, so I played it. But it makes you play the same, like, like levels 
over and over again for like the first 10 hours. Like you see the same like four mobs for like 10 hours. Oh, yeah, it is it gets really really repetitive and it's like uh the level design isn't great and every room feels super generic. Yeah. And that's kind of what drove me out of it. Yeah, me too. But you know what I find interesting when you say that is you know, if we go back 10 years, I feel I think the western audience was more they were more willing to grind like that too. You know, I grinded in MapleStory okay, back but when it first came out, like over and over and over again. And, and same with Ragnarok. This is different. Okay, so when you're grinding in an open field, you're just killing whatever mobs spawn. But in Dungeon Fighter, you basically grind dungeons. So you go through the whole dungeon, you quit out. You go through the whole dungeon, you quit out. It, it, it's, yeah, but it's a I did lot that in different. WoW. Does I used to dungeon grind in WoW to get max level. And I, I, mean, I, I don't know if it's just because but it's you're still, going through like, so young. Okay, but like it's you it's don't not see like other people boss too. dungeons. It's not like boss dungeons. It's um, it's just super generic. This is all of the content type dungeons. Like oh, you go through a dungeon that's made just so you can beat some things up, get some items, and get out. I mean, it, there's it's not like a super impressive, finely tuned boss raid dungeon. You know what I mean? It's like you see the same environment as you walk yeah. through a set of, like, ten rooms, beat up some random mobs that they have in this zone, you quit out, you do it all over again. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Like, I mean, obviously, they're, in the end, they're just pix pixels on a screen, right? But to get technical, but when I'm grinding an MMO RPG, I feel like it's kind of my choice to grind at that field, at that time, in that place, right? But with Dungeon Fighter Online, I have to, I'm running the same level in a loop over and over again so i feel like i'm being forced to even though in both cases i'm kind of forced to right but it's just kind of mental gymnastics i guess i, I think it's kind of like you can't like just kill a few things and get out of the dungeon you have to finish the dungeon yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and the way they structure quests it's it makes it worse because like you go through half of the dungeon you finished your quest already sometimes you go into the first room and you finish the quest you're working on and then you have to go through the rest of the dungeon to finish it, like, to go back and turn it in. Yeah, it's it's the game I wanted to like, Dungeon Fighter Online, and I, I have friends who play it still, like, for years, but it's one of those games where you have to play for 20 hours to get out of, like, the first, like, basic... Also, there's no, there's no challenge, at least at the beginning. So, like, I feel like I have to kill orcs for, like, 20 hours before I can start, like, exploring the actual game. So I I, I gave that's up. Fun. That's always fun. That shows the dedication of the grind. All right, <laughs> it shows your patience. And it also it also indicates you know how much you want to escape everything going on around you, and you're grinding the same mobs over and over again. and You can't play anything else. That's why I think it's popular in China. Come home from your uh, from Guangdong. Guangdong. I'm, I'm gonna stop this before I go too far. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of old school dungeon grinds, uh, RF Online Two has been trademarked by... Who's trademarking this? The original developer, CCR. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, CCR has trademarked RF Online 2. If you don't know RF Online, it was launched in 2006 as a pay-to-play title. Uh, it was a bit of a sci-fi MMORPG. Uh, robots, gotta love robots. Uh, where there are three factions at war. So they really upped the ante back then in 2006. It's going from two to three. Whoa, whoa. Uh, well, we're used to the two faction war. They, they acted that way sooner, I think. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so I thought this is interesting. The only thing we know about it is that it has been 
the it has been filed. There's been no information at all. Uh, I think it's interesting. RF Online does have a dedicated following, and I'm not sure why. You know, I guess it's dedicated enough to reach back to the IP and try and make a sequel instead of making a new game altogether. So I thought this. I never actually played RF Online. I played it. Unfortunately, I was too busy playing WoW. It was the Did first. Did you enjoy it? Uh, no, but it was one of the first. <laughs> It was one of the first free-to-play, when it went free-to-play, uh, sci-fi games. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure why exactly, uh, of the hundreds of free-to-play games, it's, it's, in a, it's in a minority where there's an active private server scene. So there are people who play this game on like high-rate servers and just see, how far, I, don't know, I don't know why they play it. I, to me, it was kind of generic, but it does have an appeal. And I guess if it was, if it was you know, when you were small and young and poor and you couldn't play a real game... Uh, if this was your first sci-fi game, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of connection you have with it. So, it's kind of cool they are making a sequel finally, or um, planning to make one. Small and young and poor. Small and young and poor is not a good descriptor because it was pay-to-play for two years. <laughs> oh, two years. Box fee. I had it. Oh, you I did. Had the box. Were you small, young, and poor when you played it? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I was. Small, was young, bad. and poor was not like. I, I played. I played with my mom. Actually. Really? With your mom? Yeah, I did. What? Yeah, with my mom. We played, we played together. Wow, when? What, 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 what years? When the game came out. Like, once the game came out. Okay, how old were, like the were you? First, you? The first release. Okay, so it was, it was a while the ago, right? Play one. So what Code did you... Masters. Long time ago, yeah. At that time, like, what, what attracted you to the game? Versus other games, let's say. It was a new game. It's not like... It's, it wasn't like nowadays where it's like... There's a new game every, like, week. That's you know, true. and there's like a million games to choose from. It was like a new game, and that was a big deal back then. And, okay. Um, we just we just played together. I did some of the PvP. It, it takes place. I mean, from what I remember, I mean, granted, this was a long time ago. It was in this underground, like, earthen type of area, and then you just kind of fought people. And we we ganked a couple people, and you spend the hell out of potions in that game. You buy like a huge stack, and you just keep pressing it. <laughs> I'm going to maintain okay, my small, was, young, and poor, by the way. I'm, I'm sticking by that point, but go on. For me, for me, it was Max. Max. It had Max. Yeah, I had Max. Yeah, it was kind of neat. There it is. I mean, I love Rare Rare Rare. Rare. I always played games. That's why I loved X-Steel, which is that's, a classic, which, is, which really <laughs> deserves to be revived. And for some reason, no one's talking about it. But when we become MMO Necromancers, that's on the top of the list. Who's X-Steel? Who's okay, hosting RF the now, is, officially? Uh, is it Red Fox or whatever? Uh, Red, Fox? Red Fox. Yeah, yeah, Red yeah. Fox. yeah. And you know what is cool? It's just looking at the website and looking at the, uh, the list of updates is they have been very active in communicating with the community. Um, for now. And with updating. Oh, yeah, for now. But still, I mean, the game came out 10 years ago. And, I, and unlike games that just came out, like Thanatos, uh, you, you see a lot of communication from the team over there. So that's always good. It just shows that they care about their product and are... Uh, Willing to keep it going, so no wonder. I mean, after I look at the we this website now and I see the list of updates, it doesn't surprise me that RF Online Two was filed for. And again, that doesn't mean it's happening, right? They're just filing for it. Yeah. So. Okay, but like I was gonna follow up with uh, saying that I played it for Max was not really a good indicator of how good it was or not because I also tried Age of Armor solely because it was for Max and that was not a good game. I remember Age of Armor. <laughs> I played that too. That was awful. I got stuck in a building because the translations were so bad, I couldn't figure out how to get out. Yeah, I took like, 50 I screenshots. the button to let me get out. <laughs> I took screenshots for that game, right? Uh, for Emo Hut. And I remember all, I, all my screenshots were before I, I left the tutorial because I just 
couldn't leave like the base he started. Like, th- <laughs> I think I think I may have actually had better luck getting out of the building in the Chinese version than I would have in the English one. The translations were that bad. <laughs> Ouch. Well, uh, speaking of games that are incomplete, uh, based on their translations or otherwise, we have a new survival MMO just releasing into early access. And I figure we should talk a bit about survival MMOs because for games where you die all the time, the genre just seems to not want to die. And as someone who loves survival games, I kind of want it to. Uh, The survival game, but this one's a bit interesting. This is the Black Death. Uh, It released today. To mixed reviews. To mixed reviews it has, which is normal for any early access title. What's supposed to be interesting and unique about this one is it's set during a plague in medieval Europe. Uh, an eight kilometers squared of environment, which is kind of small relative to other games. Uh, but in the game, you choose a profession, whether it's a blacksmith or a filthy peasant, collect resources, join towns, and uh, survive the plague. And what I thought was interesting is I can't tell, and they don't say it in any of the synopsis, but it looks like there are zombies. And maybe they're not calling them zombies, but plague-infected victims. Uh, and so I, I'm really not sure that plays out. I really hope they're not zombies. That'll kind of piss me off. But... What is supposed to be interesting is it has an active combat system, uh, which claims to be more like Mountain Blade, uh, with active swings and parries. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out and if it's similar to something like Chivalry or okay. as it touts Mountain Blade. Okay, I, I've tried playing Mountain Blade again after playing it a lot online, and I'm going to use my favorite word again, as Sean likes to put it. Mountain Blade is super janky now. It is hard to use. Oh my god. It is so inconsistent, it feels like, a lot of times, because the the actual animations are awkward and just weird now to me. Anyways, whenever I hear Mountain Blade combat, though, it's never going to be as good as Mountain Blade, so I hear we're going to make action combat that is super inaccurate and difficult to use. (laughs) That may be the case. I haven't played the game yet, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's how it ends up. It's like, uh, uh, have any of you guys played Exile? Nope. Nope. The um, the the weird ass post apocalyptic one with the like kind of the Native American inspired the... thing. Yeah. The weird ass like half ghetto, half Native American outfits. I can't oh, really. Oh. That's quite I, two halves. That's quite the two halves. I, I can't. I can't think of a better way to describe it. It's like the vibe they were going for. But anyways, uh, it has mountain blade-like combat, and it is super awkward. Super awkward. And it's just hard to use. And like, I don't know. It's just bad. Okay. Well, hopefully that's not what the Black Death is like. I will say. We shall find out. You said the eight kilometer square was a small map. I feel like well, relative to what other right, games, to uh, other survival, yeah. or whatever. I would think that's a plus, because one of my biggest gripes with this genre is it's too they're too big. The worlds are too big. Like I, Mm. I I want maybe I'm lazy or maybe I'm like I have a short attention attention (laughs) span. That's definitely true. (laughs) My attention span is narrow. Go on, though. Go on. I want I want to see people right away. You know, to make friends with or fight with whatever. But some of these games I can't stand because of how wide the maps are, and I have to memorize like also like. Games like Rust or Daisy, so what? A, only a small percent of the map is actually useful, right? So, so much of it is just m- ignored, or, or, or you have to learn to skip or get uh, to, get to the good point. So, I don't Daisy like that. At least, 
<laughs> Daisy, the way it's set up in the standalone is that way. I mean, the, the mob is different, but I, I see what you're getting at. No, I guess the idea is the whole map should be viable if that's what you're going to do. And you yes. need enough players to fill the map. And the problem with big territory is as your game declines from the initial launch, as it inevitably does, if it's, if it's too big, it, it, the rest of the territory becomes useless later on. Mm-hmm. So you, you really need to be able to maintain that player base. So you kind of take a risk, uh, depending on how big the, the map is. I mean, I mean that's, I think that's kind of why games like DayZ and Ark split in two. Because uh, some people, just like me, realized they were too big. It's H1Z1, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what I meant, H1Z1. But uh, I think if the maps were smaller to begin with, uh, I think one game could cater to both people, like the builders and explorers and people like me that just want to shoot people and be done. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully one game gets the map size right to pull that off. Well, this one does look interesting, too, because it has pre-established villages and communities, and it does, of course, proclaim quite a bit, it kind of, uh, and you know, actively taking part in player trade and whatnot, as they all do. I'll probably check this out, maybe stream it, or make a review, yeah, as I, I am addicted to survival games. You, you are the survival guy. And I just guy. like the fact that it's, it's, it is trying, it at least went with a different um, environment. You're not stuck on an island. It's not modern. It's, it's going for the medieval, the, the low medieval fantasy. So, I mean, if there's magic in the game, I might be a little pissed, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't... I, <laughs> Remo can just tell in the chat that I'm, I'm bashing on Rust right now, so he's trying to, he's trying to defend it. So it's just it's amusing. But you really didn't bash on Rust. You no. just made one point. And yeah. Rust, is in, Rust is insanely popular. They can fill their maps easily. Can you guess how many players are still playing Rust? And it's really crazy, considering how long it's been out. I love this game. Okay, let's see. How let's many guess. people are playing Rust 30 minutes ago? Uh... 10,000? 10, 10, okay, 28k, 10,000. Shu, do you have a number? And don't you dare do what you normally do. I know what Shu's gonna do. <laughs> go ahead, Shu, go ahead, do it. Do the prices um, right. Rust? I mean, let's see, we have 10k and 28k. I mean, I think, uh-huh. I think 15. Alright, in the last 30 minutes, 33,000 people Damn. have played Rust. Holy it, shit. But in the last 30 days, it averaged 26. But it, it's still an insane number of people that is playing Rust. Okay, well, well, we're talking about yeah. numbers, so uh, I'm, I love, I, for some reason, I love stats and shit for no reason. Stats uh, are fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a new, uh, it's not a new site, but relatively new, steamspy.com. Mm-hmm. And on this site, you can uh, basically see how each game is doing, uh, player player base buys, how many people on Steam own that game, stuff like that. Within a certain margin of error. Yes. Uh, of course. So I think it's well, a, that's the best data you got. Yeah, I think it's a really cool site. I've been kind of like feeding on it for for a few weeks now. So uh, there it is. I just the survival genre. I just don't know. I thought we hit the like peak survival games and like peak oil peak survival games a while ago, but apparently not. Apparently, people are still churning these out, and I'm starting to not understand the appeal because what I imagine happens with these new games if they don't hit it off right away and I imagine they often don't because they release too early they're just going to fall to the wayside anyway and people are just going to return to Rust or Daisy. they're going to return to the Titans it's kind of like trying to make a new MOBA at this point even though the numbers are are dramatically different but relative to each other it seems the same like you, you can't compete outright with League and Dota 2 the only thing you can hope for is to maybe make a niche community and that's really it it's just it's there's too many. There are too many. Uh, I agree. And I'm not sure what they're. I'm not sure you know what how different they can be without kind of taking it to the next level. And I don't even know what that is. Uh, 
I really don't know. So, anyway, another survival game. I'm uh, I'm kind of bored of survival games. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me pick the next subject real quick. Uh, this maybe please. you guys. Please, please. All right. Uh, this game. All right, have you guys heard of a site GameFront.com? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, so it's, it's shutting. Old as the internet. <laughs> it's shutting down. Wow. Yeah. Took so. them long enough. <laughs> wow. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I when I was kind of growing up, and you know, when I wanted to download patches or updates or whatever, this was one of the sites I went to a lot. So when I heard it was shutting down, it will be shutting down on April thirtieth. It kind of, it kind of. It was kind of inevitable because kind of everything kind of has like a built-in patcher now, or Steam has a patcher. So we don't. There's less need for standalone sites that host files, I guess, for games. So right. it's not it's not surprising, but for me, it kind of marks uh, end of an era of like these uh, standalone sites that host patches, mods, updates, whatever. And I, I think I think that era ended when File Planet went into archive mode. It did, but you know what? It hurts. It hurts every time. All right, that's all. I, <laughs> I mean, it you definitely are... is. Do you remember trying to download shit back in the day? You had a queue up in a server. You had, it always tried to make you download ten other things. It was just straight up spam and spyware. Yeah, no, yeah. This site has uh, no relevance, but the old days of the internet. Yeah, this basically, for whatever reason, this kind of touched me. This shutting down. I, I know it's got no relevance today, and it serves no purpose. So I guess okay, it should so... go. Nowadays, it's basically just a virus-infested hellhole, though. So is uh, SourceForge. You gotta send the center somewhere. You know, send it on the game front. Who's gonna fund hell, huh? Uh, Let's let's resurrect GameFront.com. That's where the money's at. (laughs) And this company, apparently, Defi Media or whatever, they um, they shut down another site. Defi Media. Is it Defi? I thought it was Defi. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's how Defi is. Pronounced. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I always thought it was Defi Media. Is it Defi? Oh my God! I mean, I hope it's not Defi Media. I hope it's Defi because that's how Defi is spelled. Wait. <laughs> I mean, it could be Defi. I don't know. Is it foreign? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Defi is a verb. Pronounce Defi. I'm looking at it right now. Let me just put this in here. That's how you pronounce it. Defi. Right. So. I don't know. <laughs> Look at Magdo. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's Deffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us more about Deffy Media, please. Okay, they shut down another site recently. That's all I was going to say. Oh, what was the other site they shut down? They're, they're consolidating, huh? Uh, it, was was it was another gaming site, actually. It was another gaming site. Oh, really? Yo, I got to Google it now because I don't remember. It's funny, at the bottom, this is how I know Deffy Media is a top player. At Game trailers. Game trailers. It says see our work and it has Hot Pockets listed. <laughs> Deffy Media sponsors Hot Pockets. This is a true gaming website. Is that Hot, real? Hot Pockets, baby. That's where it's at. And ne- right next to Coca Cola and AccuView <laughs> and Gillette Venus. That's what gamers want. All right. They shut down, <laughs> they shut down Game Trailers. They shut down Gamefront okay. or whatever. Or Filefront, whatever. And uh, I think they laid off people at Escapist a few weeks ago. And I oh, think I didn't know they owned Escapist. Yeah. Do no, you th- they, no, Escapist, like, they shut down the entire office. Right, but the site's wow. still up. They moved, people off. They said they're going to move everyone to the, well, move the operations to their other office in San Francisco or, or California. Yeah, moving the operations means the non-human part of it. <laughs> okay, so here's the question then. Here's the question then. Is Escapist going to get shut down? 
No, they would have just shut it down. Huge. I mean, Escapist is enormous. Is it? Escapist, Escapist, isn't it? Like, it's it's pretty big. But Escapist, they would have just shut it down outright if they were going to shut it down. They're just downsizing to try and keep it alive. All right, let's while... see. Let's see the Escapist. These are not that big. I mean, it's Their not. Follower accounts aren't too great. Yeah, neither are ours though, compared to. Our we're numbers. also we're also a year old, so I'm not too worried about that. But the Escapist is pretty established. I mean, they have don't they have. Uh, What's his name? They have all those YouTubers. Yahtzee. No, I'm just saying. If, I mean, like, they pay Yahtzee. Our, so it's like, not like... Alexa rating compared to our, like, follower counts, it's still pretty low. Well, I'll, I'll let you... I'll let everyone in on a secret on how follower counts work. I'm looking at Escapist followers right now. They paid for about one-six of these. And you can tell by the eggs for the most part. So, MMOs.com does not pay for followers. And that is, uh, that is a rule we'll follow for the time being. <laughs> But if so, you if you look uh, at the Alexa, the if you look at Alexa for Escapist, I mean that traffic is, is uh is going down. Really? Here I have a prediction. People are uninstalling the Alexa toolbar because they forgot they installed it. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why they forgot they put in the Alexa toolbar. Okay. And now that's so, finally finally upgrading. You see what I see though? They're one of the top ten thousand sites in the world still. That's pretty big. Yeah, but I mean, what was what do you think Gamefront? Let's see, let's, let's, let's find out. Uh, file I don't know. front. Beamfront was really big back in the day. I mean, that was the place to go when you needed to download something and you didn't understand what you were doing. And then you uh, got a virus. Gamefront.com. Okay, fine. Gamefront was number 26,000 in the world. And they, and they, and they choose to shut it down. So think about that. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable. I'm blaming it on Adblock. Oh, you know what? That is, that's, I think that is a fair point, right? A lot of guys, a lot of uh, places, you know, they can't survive without that ad traffic, which is why I love going to websites where they don't let me browse until I whitelist their site on Adblock, and then okay, I escape and, the site and never go back again. And the other thing is, you have to uh, think about the fact that um, Gamefront is a download and upload service. They spend a lot on bandwidth, I'm giving mm. So if they don't get the ad traffic, they're going to. It's not going to balance out really well because they have all these upload download costs compared to, and storage costs. They have to keep buying expanding storage, and that's all compared to uh, failing ad revenues, probably due to ad block. Because from what I've heard from the people that have actually stated how much ad block is affecting them, it's something like eighty percent of users use ad block. So that's eighty percent of users that they're not getting money from. That's that's quite a high number, but okay, yeah. okay. As the uh, as the uh, okay, we got to look to the future, not the past. So like, if ad block <laughs> is if ad block is a reality, which it is, right? It's uh -huh. up it's up to the sites, and this is this is my site included, right? So I'm not like this is literally I'm sh I'm shooting myself in the foot here, okay? If go if ahead. if you go to mmos.com or you're a fan of the site and you don't know yet, okay? Go to your Google search bar and search ad block for insert name of your browser here okay like whether it's chrome or firefox because it's up to me and people like me to to figure out how to make money right it's not it's not up to you to give me money okay so go ahead and use adblock please <laughs> that's all i gotta say yeah but this is this is why people use patreon that's what i'm saying well exactly there's, there's alternative ways to make money like eventually not today not tomorrow if we ever get our shit together and we make this site or this podcast professional you know, I, I want to set up a Patreon where you whoa, guys... Whoa, 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 easy. 
Well, I'm just this saying. Is professional right here. This is like the Ellen Show, all right? Okay, this this is exactly the kind of podcast people would pay to like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Eventually, have interaction with. Exactly. Like, imagine like we we set up a Patreon, and you know you guys can support us directly, and it goes to us directly. Then you know, that's how it should work. It shouldn't work where you should you should you should suffer a bad experience with ads just so we can get paid. That, that doesn't make any sense. Do you me. remember how awful ads were? Like, I don't know how old everyone is in, in chat went up, but back, internet, the internet used to be a hellhole before yep. Adblock. Yep. It was the worst experience in the world. You, you, were, I, you, you mean were I didn't actually, you mean I didn't actually win a thousand dollars? What is this shit? <laughs> oh no, you did, you did, but you had, to, you had to click through a couple more ads to get your money. And, and you had to give over your credit card. And maybe. It's more like, it's more like you won the chance to charge a thousand dollars on something that, that you didn't buy. I'm, Every few years, I had to either buy a new computer uh, until I learned to reformat or whatever, right? Because of ads, like pop-ups, spyware, They'd ad. Kill you know. your computer. Yeah, I would. It would literally kill my computer. So there's so much, there's so much good being done with AdBlock uh, that it it doesn't make sense to look backwards and try to like force people to 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 suffer ads rather than just figure out real ways to make money directly from your fans. <laughs> You can grow your penis, I feel bro. Like, I feel like this is, this is a little unfair in some ways because you still have to like suffer ads on TV and stuff. And I mean, I mean, who still? It's called Netflix. You can you Hello? can just Hello? block. T- it's called it's called it's called block TV. It's called Netflix. Just Hello. Just Yeah, I, I haven't watched TV. By the way, this is an unrelated news. Amazon is launching their own streaming service for nine bucks a month. Uh, so you won't Didn't need they to pay for Amazon. That? They already you had to, one. No, 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 no. no. You have pr- to buy Amazon Prime. Yeah, before it was part of Prime. Yep. So now they'll have their own streaming service, which is pretty neat. So you have more options. Does HBO have their own streaming service that I don't have to pay uh, for yes. HBO yes, for? Yes, yet? they do. It's called HBO Go. HBOnow.com. Oh, now. No, okay. no, HBO Go is uh, when you have HBO on your TV. I see, I see. Yeah, kind of um, confusing. <laughs> On the, on the Amazon thing. Um, yeah, but is it finally not for, like, just iOS? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone okay. can get it. Hey, now. guys, hey, guys, hey, guys, ready? Adblock awesome. can't go through this. This week's podcast is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Sign up now for today's show. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not brought to you by Amazon Prime. But I, I do use Amazon Prime. It's pretty good. Yeah, me too. I love two-day shipping. Nobody's gonna believe that. I'll tell you. It's just. Are, are they adding the Amazon service Prime on now. top of it? Like you have to pay for for Amazon Prime and then pay an additional in order to get. No, streaming? no, 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 no. If you buy Amazon Prime, you got the streaming service. Oh, they've they've been, they've been having that then. It's been that for like a long time. That's what I'm saying. But now you can buy just the streaming service with. But then Amazon. Amazon Prime is not that expensive. Like, like how much is it gonna be? Like two dollars yeah, or something. Like, I feel like Prime well, is still a better paying. deal, right? Because like it's it's a hundred bucks yeah, for the whole year. Yeah. It's it Prime is different. one of those things that like once you get it, you just can't go back. All right. Well, I wanna I wanna uh, show one thing. Amazon Prime. Actually, Amazon makes their own TV shows now, and uh, a recent one they made is The Man in the High Castle, and I think it's a great show. And oh, I'm book. watching that. It's a I'm really watching cool, that right now. Yeah, it's a really cool. Based show. Based on a book by my favorite Dick, who has the best mm-hmm. Dick name. Philip K. Dick. <laughs> so, it's a good book. I recommend the book too. Okay, Sean. Real talk. How, how what percent of our viewers do you think read books? Come on. <laughs> two. Two percent. Is right. that fair? It's fair. Two percent fair. That's fair. No, it's the top one percent. <laughs> <laughs> Philip K. No, Dick. Okay. Philip K. Dick is more general. Philip K. Dick is like. Uh, 
is like Williamsburg hipster kind of reading. Okay, Sean, you're doing it all wrong. Give me a what? second. I gotta find something. Is it a dick? Nope. <laughs> Arguably, it's be? worse. Here we go. Is it lemonparty.org? You're doing all right, it all well, wrong. This sounds like this sounds if you like. You want to show time. that? And... Uh, I'll show. No, if you want to show that. I'll show it. I'll show it. It's hey guys, I got some. I got some news, guys. Hey guys, I got some news. Oh, one sec. Let's let's take a look. This is actually pretty neat. This is a, a VR novel, right? So you wear your VR Wait, headset what? and then experience the novel, the novel's environments as you're reading the book in VR. This sounds like That's something. The dumbest thing I've ever. This heard. is something Sean can circle jerk over. over. <laughs> this is something I would circle jerk over, but it kind of <laughs> takes away from reading, doesn't it? Do you have a uh, link to it? Or? It's, it's in the podcast thing on Discord. Oh, I was in the wrong text. This is literally the dumbest thing I have ever heard of. <laughs> and it is the most gimmicky use of VR that I've ever seen. It also I mean, requires HTC Vive motion controllers. I mean, I could just hit the arrow keys Why? on my fucking keyboard. <laughs> and get the same experience. <laughs> I think there's I mean, going to be so many gimmicks for VR until they figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Like, what happens? Like, when you look around, does the book follow you, but you can look around the environment? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand playing a game and you're kind of living the life of the character in the book, but not reading the book and seeing the world at the same time. That that feels weird. I wonder if the book's any good, though. I'm not going to play this, but... All right, well, this is Somehow a good time I, to I leave off so. for now. We will keep talking about VR. Well, all right, here's how I know when it's time. Guys, I have some news. Oh, right, shoot, I have some news. I have news, okay? Uh -oh. um, Ghost in the Shell Online has uh, new skins. New skins? Oh. Yeah. Ooh, is it, is it the Scarlett Johansson skin? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you see, that was that was my like, like my alley oop. I was like throwing up the ball to you guys, you know, just. All right, yeah, that's a good point. We gotta talk about we'll this talk first. About that the, we'll talk about that in the after show if you guys want. Oh, that's, that's fair. It's not related to MMOs. That's fair. That's fair. Or okay. Games. All right. That's fair. Okay. So this is it for First the podcast. Game. We will be doing the after show every week, uh, as always. You can check it out live on Twitch, or uh, maybe we'll upload this one if it's if it's interesting. So it see you guys. Depends on where we go, because sometimes we can't. <laughs> yeah, some, if we talk about if we talk about uh, hente or whatever, maybe we can't put it on YouTube. But <laughs> that's it for this week. Uh, Omar will be back next week, guys. So if you missed him, uh, you can tell him how much you missed him last. No, week. we're. We're replacing him with ourselves that are already here, so we're just kicking him out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he actually he actually uh, retired. All right, he's he's in a mountain playing a movie by himself. It's a revolution. <laughs> he, he took he took the tank money and ran. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're so sad. We can't do MMOs.com anymore without your help because um, because Omer took all our money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. Take, take, all right, take care, guys. Yes. Peace. <laughs> Bye.